You're listening to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. Now here's your hosts, David and Jeff. Hello everyone and welcome to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. I'm David and with me as always is... Jeff? How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm good. How are you, David? I'm doing well. Uh... I hope you haven't missed us uh, too long. We've been away for a couple weeks, um, but we are here to talk about the first three episodes of Survivor San Juan del Sur. Um, we just had some timing issues. Maybe we have to make ourselves sound a little bit cooler. What? We've been away on business. Yeah. We've been away on business for a few weeks. That way we, it sounds like we're cool. Yeah. We were on a business trip. But anyways, uh, we're going to be talking about the first three episodes of Survivor San Juan del Sur, and I'm excited to talk about them. Um, I've enjoyed this season so far. What about you, Jeff? I'm Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I think the second episode was a little lackluster, but I think the first and third more than made up for it. Yeah, so we're going to be talking uh, about all of them in a little bit, and we're going to be doing it via one of our favorite things on the podcast list. Um, but before that we do that, we're going to make a different list. I'm a big fan of lists. David? Yes. We list our favorite lists. Ah, we should do a list of our favorite lists. Yes, that would be a good one. <laughs> Sometime. But uh, this time we're going to be doing a special one, the top ten Favorite boot, first boots. So the there are 29 people uh, who were voted out first in Survivor, and we are going to be making a joint list of 10. So how this works, um, if you listen to our Real Talk with David and Jeff, it's a similar, we did it with uh, Big Brother Seasons, but there, um, there's one of us is going to start at number 10, and we're going to give the number 10 first boot, and then the other person will go back to, and do number nine, and we'll alternate until we get down to one. So, uh, Jeff and I have each made our own list, and it's possible with 29 boots that we could each have completely different lists. Um, so, it, yeah, so it's going to be interesting going back and forth and seeing what the final list ends up being. But, yeah, uh, and there's some strategy here, too, because let's say David pick number 10, and then I get number 9, do I pick my number 9 person or my number 10 person? Depends on who you pick, depends on who I'm predicting you're going to pick. So really, this is both a competition and a list-making activity. Yes. Yes, it is. So, I'm going to let you kick it off, Jeff. Let's go... I get to pick number 10. Pick number 10. Well, my number 10 favorite Survivor first boot is from a season that I actually don't like very much. Um, but this person, I think, brought a lot of energy. He was a really good sport about being the first boot. He never complained. He never, you know, he just kind of smiled and, and let it roll off of his back. Um, a, I think a potentially a big Survivor character had he made it past this first boot. And uh, the I chose for my number ten, Seku Bunch. Yeah, that's an interesting pick there, Jeff. Uh, he was not on my list. Um, 
Seku Bunch. Interesting. Uh, I hope the rest of your list gets a little better, Jeff. Um, oh, wow. Wow. Is this trash talk? <laughs> Uh, I thought that's who you were talking about when you started talking about a season you didn't like. I was like, hmm, what's this? And that it took it in stride. I mean, there was nothing uh, nothing bad against Seku. I just didn't think he was that vibrant or bring that much uh, to the season. Or to a first boot episode, even. You know, there I was, was going to say, well, he brings a lot to the season. Yeah. yeah, but even to his episode. And, you know, I look at the other first boots, and I think more... Uh, people brought something than uh, than Seku. But this is the joy of a joint list is that we don't get to decide uh, everything and we have to work together. So, uh, shall we move on to number nine? Okay. All right, I'm going with number nine. Ooh, a little strategic. So I'm actually going to choose someone who is number eight on my list. Um, Uh-oh. And I am going to go with someone who maybe is, this season is the only one that you can question what a first boot is, but someone who I thought was just very entertaining, brought a lot of uh, joy for the short time that they were on it, and they didn't even last a whole episode. I'm going to give it to Wanda Shirk from Survivor. I had Wanda on, I actually had Wanda on number four on my list. Oh, wow. I love Wanda. But, uh, yeah, with her Survivor songs and everything, she just had a very vibrant spirit. She was just entertaining to watch. Um, obviously, <laughs> not uh, make, good at making a, a great first impression on a lot of people, but uh, I was definitely bummed to see her out in the first half of the game, you know. I, so. I liked Wanda. I do agree. My number nine. Okay, let's see here. Well, you're doing number eight, though. I'm doing number eight. My question is, should I give you my number nine in hopes that our lists are the same, mostly the same people with different order or what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a risk here. I'm going to give you my number eight person. This person is both someone who I enjoyed in the episode and someone who I enjoy kind of in real life. Um, she and I actually live in the same town, and she, at one point in recent history, she promised me that she would take me out on a run-the-date. So uh, that would be a, a great t- chance for me and Diane Ogden to really get to know each other better, and that's why she's my number eight. She was my number ten, so she did make the uh, first boots for me. I thought she had a very was... great episode with Clarence in the Beans. And, yeah, uh, in terms of first episode to have, she definitely... Um, she definitely had a great storyline that first episode. Sometimes they kind of ignore a story with the first boot. Uh, they definitely did not ignore a story with Wanda. Or, sorry, with Diane. Yes. I agree. Um, so, yeah, I'm a, a big, big fan of Diane. I was, I'm glad she made the list. Uh, I didn't pick her after you picked Seku and kicked someone from my list out for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, glad to see her make the list. All right, number seven. I think I'm going to go with my number seven, and that is someone who, uh, again, I thought had a great storyline um, during their season uh, for their one episode, but uh, I truly think she's become an icon sort of of first boots. 
Um, and I, I greatly enjoyed her, and she has some iconic lines. I'm going to go with Deb Eaton from Survivor of the Australian Outback. I considered putting Deb on my top ten. I did not end up putting her on my top ten. Mm. Um, the Legend of Deb is definitely an interesting one. But uh, inter yeah, I like that pick, actually. Yeah. Um, it's hard. I think the earlier seasons especially, we got to know the first boots a lot more than later seasons for a lot Overall, I mean, some seasons are different. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. I would say that the first boots in the first few seasons were a lot more dynamic, and now they're a lot more one-note. Okay, I'll go with that. Like with, you know, certain ones, you just they're just crazy or whatever. You know, that's their, that's their character. They're the crazy one. Well, you have number six, Jeff. Number six. Ooh, what should I do? What should I do? Six, five, four, three, two, one. Maybe. Let's. Okay. I'm gonna take a risk here. I'm gonna hope that you don't oust any of my people. My number six first boot is Timbertina. Mm, I had her at number four, so I'm glad okay. to list. Tina Shear, yes. You want to talk about her? Uh, she was the first boot in Survivor Panama Exile Island. Um, she she was interesting. She was originally supposed to be a cast member of Survivor Guatemala. And uh, she had a really kind of interesting story because her, right before she was supposed to leave to be on Survivor Guatemala, her son was killed in a car accident. And so the Survivor producers kind of told her, when, once Survivor Panama came up, you know, if you're still interested, we'd love to have you on the show, but obviously if you, if you can't, we understand. And she chose to come on, and she was actually the first boot. And kind of like Seiku, as I was saying earlier, she was never a bad sport about it. She understood. She disagreed, but she understood. And uh, it's also, an, she's interesting because if Timbertina was not the first boot on Survivor Panama Exile Island, the course of Survivor history is changed because we no longer get Sari really at all. So, Yeah, I think Tina suffered from being on a tribe of four people. I think that really yeah. hurt her. So I think if she was in a group of eight, she would bring enough to the table that people would probably keep her. Um, but with only four people, it's all about how do you click immediately, um, you know, friendship, social, and it's less of someone doing something wrong and more of, you know, those people made a friendship, so. so right. she, but, yeah, I definitely uh, am happy to see her on the list. The uh, the women are definitely getting represented here on, uh, on our list, and it's time to go with a man. I just recently watched this episode again and uh, remembered how great of a, a character he was. And I am very happy to put Steve Chicken Morris at number five on my list. He is actually my number two. Oh, wow. Um, I love just how he attempted to play the game, and he was barking orders and telling people what to do, and he realized that that was getting, going, uh, rubbing people the wrong way, but then he overcorrected too much and then just 
would be so indecisive and wouldn't give an opinion at all that people started to get annoyed at him in that way and really didn't see what he was contributing then if he wasn't that great at the challenges and wasn't <laughs> saying anything at camp. So, uh, and then, of course, you have his famous line right when he got voted out. But, uh, you know, I'm, I, I really like Steve Chicken Morris. Yeah, he was he was my number two. I'm a fan of Steve. Uh, yeah, that's I mean you said it all right there, right? He, he didn't really know how to play the game. Yep, you have he number four. He's he was actually the reason that I was convinced that Keith was going to be a first this season, which granted may still happen. He may be the first person out of his tribe, but I'm very happy to have Keith for as long as his tribe will let him. You what? I said I'm very happy to have Keith as long as his tribe will let him. I agree. I love I Keith. Okay, my number four bum, 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 is actually a very, very recent person. Uh, went out because of some interesting comments that she decided to make. Quite maybe. That's maybe why she went out. It's, I have Nadia. Twenty number one of the two twenties. Um, at number four. I had her at six originally. Oh wow! Did you have her a lot higher? I didn't have her on the list at all. I call recency bias. You don't love Nadia? <laughs> on my top ten boots, no. Oh. You're just you're the just guy standing alliance said, "Let's get rid of her shoes on the amazing race," and then she got out. <laughs> you have to keep in mind there's context for this, though. <laughs> okay, it's not just that ten minutes she was on Survivor. Context. All right, I'm just glad I get the number one pick because <laughs> don't get the number one pick. What? Oh, you do because there is not a. Never mind. I was thinking that since I got to pick number two, then by proxy I got to pick number one, but since we're not listing the top 28 or 29 boots, then that's not accurate this time. Yes. So who's your number three, then, Mr. Mr. Jerkface? I just, I'm looking at our list, and I just can't believe that Nadia has beat Chicken, Tina Shear... I don't think Nadia should have beat Chicken. You're the one who thinks Nadia should have beat Chicken, apparently. Oh, apparently. Uh, apparently not. Fault. You should have just skipped her all together. You only have one other pick left. Yeah, but you're. I know you, and you're gonna. My top six are gonna be the right top six. Okay. Okay. Well then, my number three is a very iconic first boot, as she is the first first boot, and I went with Sonia Christopher. Well, now you just messed everything up. Yeah, uh, I think you messed it up with putting Nadia at spot number four, Jeff. You picked Sonia! What is, what is so? How is Sonia your number three? Okay, Sonia is one, iconic, because she's from the first season. Two, she was such, uh, brought such heart 
and joy into that season just from the first episode we saw her. Um, you know, she had the the whole ukulele thing and just her joy. And even her getting out and her being like, you know, if I was in their position, I'd probably vote myself off too. I, I just like Sonya. She's one of the nicest people I think has ever been on Survivor or in general in life, and I would love to meet her sometime. But, uh, yeah, I think I think she's iconic. How can you not have Sonya on your list? Or Sonya. Easily is the answer. I You call recency bias. I call Borneo bias. <laughs> Borneo bias. Says the guy who in the Survivor trivia had like 50 Borneo questions. <laughs> that was only for that one time. I actually had an even number of questions across most seasons. <laughs> anyway. Well, now, see, now I have a, a dilemma. I have four people on my list who weren't picked. I was convinced that one of them would be on your list. Now I'm not so sure, because I was actually convinced that two of them would be on your list, but now I'm not so sure, because you only have one left. I have. I will be picking either my number one, or if you pick my number one, I'll pick number two. But Yeah, see, I thought this person would be... I thought one of these people would be your number one, but when you picked Sonya for number four, oh, man. So the question is, who do I want on the list? Okay. If I'm going to hold myself, okay. This, I, I'm going to change my list up last minute. Originally, I had this person at number nine. But because, A, I think she deserves to be on this list, and, B, my number's three and five, I, I'm convinced that my number one is your your number one. Okay. And if it's not, then I'm going to hit myself in the face. I'm actually going to hit you in the face. But I think it will be a good bet that we okay. have this. But my number three and number five are both returning players who I'm probably picking more out of context than I am out of the season in which they were the first boot. Yes. Okay, and that's Tina and Fairplay. Okay. That's good. So I'm actually going to reorder my list for fairness sake and give number two to Francesca Hoagie. You look really upset right now. No, that's what I love to hear. She was my number two. Oh, really? No. Yeah, she was, she was originally my number nine. Um, obviously a great first boot twice. She was not yeah. only the first boot in Redemption Island, but also in Karamoan. A lot of people questioned why she was brought back in the first place, and I think she proved why in the first episode of Karamoan. Yeah, I, th I greatly enjoyed it. Like, she was entertainer for a season, but to have her come back again and be the second, get booted up for again, uh, just made her, again, you know, for me, my favorites, I, maybe I'm biased on iconic things, but having Francesca get voted out twice... And she's just so entertaining, especially the second time. I'll eat, I'll eat a rock if I get voted out again, again first, and, and all this stuff. I, I think Francesca deserves a number two spot. I really, I really uh, enjoyed what she brought to her two seasons of the show. So, are we ready for the number one pick? Yeah, and I, I, it better be this person. Otherwise, I'm gonna kick myself. All right. My number one pick is Michelle Chase from Survivor Gabon. 
Just kidding. <laughs> okay, good. I was about to... Oh, man. I was about to be mad. Oh, this guy... Oh, absolutely cracked me up in best storyline. Zane Knight from Survivor Philippines. That is the correct first choice. Okay. Uh, yeah, Zane Knight <laughs> is, uh, is pretty awesome. Uh, the fact that he had a strategy for people to, to tell him to vote him out was the strategy to stay in the game. I mean, he was just so entertaining and dynamic. I could not think of anyone else to put on my list. So when we were talking about it, Zane had to be number one for me. Yeah, he was one. When I, like, originally was listing out kind of the first boots that would be somewhere near the top ten, I didn't even hesitate to just throw him right at number one because I knew that there was no competition. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let me go over our list together, and then we can go through the people who got uh, snubbed on our list and people who didn't make it. But uh, number 10, Sekou Bunch. Number 9, Wanda Shirk. Number 8, Diane Ogden. Number 7, Dev Eaton. Number 6, Tina Shear. Number 5, Steve Chicken Morris. Number 4, Nadia Anderson. Number 3, Sonia Christopher. Number 2, Francesca Hoagie. And number 1, Zane Knight. So, Jeff, who is the person farthest up on your list that didn't make it? Tina, she was number three. I had Tina Wesson at number five. So, yeah. Who else I, didn't make it from your list? Uh, from my list, we had Chicken, Deb, Wanda. I think the only other person that didn't make it is Peter Harkey from Marquesas. He was close for me, too. He was originally nine for me. So who, who didn't make your list? Or, just Tina and Fairplay. Oh, just Tina and Fairplay. So we each had two. And one of them was the same. <laughs> so she actually was on both of our lists. <laughs> but we both uh, were willing to cut her so that the other people... Even though she was on the top half of both of our lists. Yeah. I'd be willing to replace Nadia with her if you want. I would be willing to do that. All right, let's do that. <laughs> Tina Wesson is the new number four. I just think, you know... Five seasons from now, I don't think Nadia is going to be that memorable of a first boot. That's fair. I mean, it's memorable now because we've been watching the season. But not that she was a bad first boot or wasn't. I don't it. think that Sonia Christopher is a memorable first boot, but whatever. Okay. I'm sure all the Sonia fans will be rallying with me. Both of them? Yeah, both of them. But anyways, there is the list. So let's start talking about Survivor San Juan del Sur, and we're going to do that by some lists, like I said. We're going to be continue doing these joint lists, uh, going from 5 to 1 on each of these, so not 10, but 5. We're going to start off with the top 5 favorite moments from Episode 1. Jeff, Just from you... Episode 1? i got to think all the way that far back. Oh, dear. Okay. I'll let, uh, I'll let you go with the odds this time, and you can start with 5. The top episode, the top moment from episode, sorry, the top fifth moment from episode one. Yeah. I just gotta think about it. Okay, I would say that the fifth best moment from episode one is during the conversation that Jeff is having at the very beginning. Everyone kind of standing there, just telling a story of how he lost their striker. Yes. He's like, and then we got it going with a stick, and it went broken half. 
I think that was the fifth best moment of episode one was when Keith said, and then it broke in half, because it was just piling on to this already funny moment. And uh, that's why I think it's the fifth best moment. Yeah, I may have even put that a little higher, but I'm glad it's on the list for sure. Uh, let's see. But, yeah, I'm so glad Keith uh, is on the tribe that's winning a lot because he's so entertaining to me. Um, yeah. Just him on XL Island even and, like, doesn't even ask <laughs> Val, like, what her, her hers is or anything. Um, yeah, and just has a blank piece of paper. That was pretty good, too. Uh, let's see, my number four moment. I'm going to say number four, Dale breaking his glasses to start fire. Ooh, definitely a good one. I thought okay, so it, means was, I'm... it was a great moment to show, you know, Dale was actually working hard to stay in the game. You know, being an older person, the, the odds are against him, you know, in a tribe, but he, he managed to prove his worth so to send, uh, so to speak, and uh, has managed to not only survive one episode but uh, three tribal councils. So he's doing, doing really well. But yeah, Keith breaking his glasses, I thought was a good moment. Okay, let's see. Let's see, now I got to start thinking. Third best moment of episode one. Uh oh. Uh-oh. I'm just struggling because it was so long ago. You said it was a great episode, Jeff. It was a good episode. But it was 90 minutes. <laughs> you had an extra half hour of stuff. Um, I just want to tell more Keith and Flint stories. <laughs> I would say the third best moment. Are we just doing like little funny moments or do they have to be big moments? Either or, it doesn't matter. I'd say the third best moment is when kind of the entire conversation between John Rocker and Wes, when Wes recognizes John and kind yeah. of confronts him about it, but especially in that conversation, the point where um, Wes goes, how many letters are in it? When he's talking about his <laughs> last name. And John Rocker goes, well, how many do you think? And he goes, five. No, six. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that was a good conversation. Uh, I'm glad you you put that on the list. But, yeah, we got – that was our first real introduction to John Rocker. And uh, and Wes, you know, proved that he can uh, have some entertaining moments as well. So, although uh, Wes turned on Rocker now, so – Guess it wasn't meant to be, but anyways, my number two is going to be Jeremy totally taking control and dominating his tribe, and just talking to all the girls and building trust with them and becoming their number twos, and uh, yeah, pretty much him having solid control over his tribe. Any thoughts on that, Jeff? That was going to be one of mine. Now i got to think of a different one. <laughs> I'm just afraid that there's something I'm completely missing that's going to, like, get left out. There's only one moment left. It has to be the top moment from the episode. It's a lot of pressure on you. Thanks for the pressure. You're welcome. 
what was the immunity challenge in that episode? That was the one where they they had um, to do this wall. They had to get puzzle pieces and then climb the wall in different senses, and then they had that really really hard puzzle at the top. Right. I really like that challenge. I'm considering, can I just put the challenge as, am I, I'm just, again, I'm really afraid that I'm missing something that I'm, like, thinking, oh, that was in episode two or something, you know? Yeah. We can put Im- immunity challenge at number one. Why? Well, I'm just thinking it's either that or Nadia calling Josh a girl just because that was kind of a, the biggest yeah. sort of strategic moment of the season. Yeah. Well, which one do you want to go with? Oh, let's go with the challenge. That was a really good challenge. All right, immunity challenge. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, most of the stuff we had seen before and other challenges put together, but I, I really liked the puzzle at the end. I thought that was a really interesting puzzle. And yeah, apparently it took forever. Like it, the the TV doesn't do justice of how actual actually difficult that challenge was. That puzzle, especially. Right. All right, then let's go to the next list. Top five favorite moments from episode two. Uh-oh. Would you, would you like me to start this one off? Yes. All right. Uh, from episode two, we all know that that was Jeff's favorite episode so far. Um, I don't think you quoted me right on that one. I have a couple moments, but I'm going to save those for three and one unless uh, Jeff steals them. So I'm trying to think of a good uh, number five because it has to be one that was great, I guess. But uh, I'm going to go with John Rocker finding the Hidden Immunity Idol. From episode... Two. Okay, John Rocker finding hidden media. I thought, uh, you know, from episode one, there's speculation of, oh, did uh, did Dale find the hidden immunity idol right at the beginning, and he just doesn't know it. And this confirmed that a he doesn't, but it also is like, really, John Rocker found it. Okay, but it was an interesting moment for me. My actual favorite moment of the season so far is a moment both from episode two and episode three. So I don't know if that goes in episode two and episode like it's a continued moment. We'll do we'll do the first part. Well, no, because they have they have to go together. Hmm. They have to go together. Yeah. I'll just add it as a color a corollary to the, our episode three list. Okay. Um. So the number four best moment from episode two would be Jeff Probst smacking down the Hunapu tribe when they ask for the reward instead, or the flint instead of the reward. Or the beans instead of the flint. And then and it ends up being the reward instead of the flint. Yeah, that was actually going to be my uh, my next one. I like, uh, I like that whole exchange, and Jeff was like, really? No. You can give up your reward, and I'll give you flint. Uh, but you're not going to get... <laughs> You're not going to give me a half a bag of beans for for a flip. Um, and it's interesting to see what's going to happen with that 
uh, in episode four coming up because apparently it's not done. Yeah, which we don't know if that's what Drew is kind of talking about in episode four or if there's something completely different. Yeah. So now I have to come up with a new number three. Hopefully you don't take my number one at number two, but uh, let's see. I'm going to go with Josh sort of controlling things on his drive till, especially talking with Baylor and telling him why he voted for her and all that stuff and how he was able to, to work his way into that situation. So there are two moments left that I think should be one and two. The question is, do you recognize said two moments? And if so, which one is one and which one is two? Well, I'm going to say I've obviously forgotten, so hopefully you pick the one that I, that I don't remember. I'm going to say that the number two moment was Baylor probably tricking her mom into giving her the immunity challenge, or at least their round of it. That's a good one. Baylor and her mom facing off. So you think it was all intentional on her part? I don't think it was all intentional. I think it was definitely a little bit intentional. You could definitely tell after the buzzer lift, like, her, his, her mom was not trying at all. Right. <laughs> like, she was like, oh, you beat me, honey. Which, uh, you can't really blame her. Yeah. It's good that you brought that one, though, up, because I completely forgot about that. So we're going to go with number one, which is Val telling people that she had two hidden immunity idols. Such a dumb, a dumb move. Uh, and really, you know, John Rocker has said in his interviews that if she would have said, oh, I don't have one, I'm BSing it, then he would have probably given her, him hers, given her his. But, um, but yeah, that just her, oh, yeah, I have two, telling multiple people that. Dumb, dumb move. Is that the moment you were thinking of? Yep. Okay, good. So there are our top five moments from episode two. Another uh, ep moment from episode one that I forgot, honorable mention, I forgot that I just wanted to bring up, was that uh, when the Coyopa tribe had, like, poisonous branches as their shelter, and then all of them started <laughs> breaking out and, like, having uh, <laughs> the poison in their eyes and everything, with, especially with Josh. <laughs> yeah, that was good. All right, we're going to the top favorite moments from episode three. This one should be a little easier for you, Jeff, so I'm going to let you do number five. Yes. Um, I guess that I'm pro the moment that I'm probably thinking of is probably going to be part of this list, so I'll just make sure to connect it back to episode two when, when we get there. So my, top, my fifth favorite moment from episode three would probably be... Keith's confessionals on Exile Island about Josh. Yes. Anytime we can get Keith on this list, I'm happy. <laughs> Keith on Exile with Josh. Very good. Yeah. Very funny. Two people from a different world got along well. And then, yeah, Keith, uh, <laughs> Keith, 
Keith in his comments. Yeah, this is pretty good. Because I don't think if, if he were being like what I thought would think of as like homophobic or disrespectful, I don't think he meant it as like a mean thing. I think he was just like, oh no, I'm probably not going to spoon with Josh tonight. And he and I aren't from the. I don't think he meant it in a mean way, and I don't think he is a mean person. So that's why that's why it was funny to me rather than you know offensive or mean. Yeah. And number four, I'll put the uh, tribal council question. This is the first tribal this season that I was really invested. I'm like, oh, are they going to say anything that gives it away? And you're like, oh, maybe they did. Is he, is he going to play it? And then he ends up not playing his idol. But uh, I thought it was a good tribal council. I would say number three is a segment of the episode that I'd like to call F. Drew. <laughs> and I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> Drew's an idiot. Yeah. Uh, I have enjoyed everyone bagging on Drew this season. That has been entertaining, and I can only assume it's going to get worse and worse. And I think that in the description for the next episode, it says a tribe was considering throwing a challenge to get rid of a tribe mate they did not like and I have to assume that that would be Hunako's questioning of throwing the challenge to get Drew out. <laughs> so it could be very interesting to see next episode. Alright, I have the number two moment. I know what the number one moment should be so I gotta assume that you're going to do that. So I'm going to go with them actually flipping the script and blindsiding uh, uh, Rocker to see, you know, Josh and Baylor sort of go to the guys and switch it around. I thought was uh, very interesting to watch, and obviously it had a huge impact on the game. So what would you call that moment? Josh and Baylor switching up the alliances or something like that. Okay. I can get behind that. Okay, ready for the number one moment? Number one. I mean, I think this one's pretty self-explanatory. The number one moment, clearly 100% Missy. That's all I'm going to... I'm just kidding. <laughs> um... I would actually call number one, I'm, for this episode, I'm going to call it the saga of John Rocker. Um, and the reason I'm going to call it the saga of John Rocker is there's a number of moments that I'd really like to point out here. First okay. is the fight at the immunity challenge, That's which, big I found, which I found to be utterly enthralling, which led to the Josh and Baylor moment that you talked about in number two. Which led to this beautiful tribal council in which everyone is talking about John Rocker, but he thinks that they are talking about Dale. Yeah. Which leads to this even greater moment where John Rocker is blindsided with an immunity idol in his pocket. And I'm going. This is kind. Of, I'm going to make the connection now to episode two. In episode two, John Rocker finds a hidden immunity idol. When he finds this hidden immunity idol, he gives us this confessional in which he says, oh, I don't know, I'll probably play it at the fourth or fifth tribal council I go to, since that's when people like me usually get voted out. 
what confessionals like this do is they set up this moment in which the cosmos decides that this person must be eliminated at the third tribal council they attend because they've just said that they would play it at the fourth or fifth tribal council they attend. All of this culminates, of course, when John Rocker is indeed eliminated at the third tribal council he attends, giving me and other people who notice that sort of editing a wonderful sense of satisfaction and beauty. Yeah. So you sort of, like, combined half of our moments <laughs> in the top one. So I, I have the saga of John Rocker with a special emphasis on the immunity challenge fight. That's fair. Since we have the switching up the alliances and the tribal questioning at two and four. Oh, that's true. I forgot that tribal questioning was one of them. All right. So we move on to our next list. We only have three more, Jeff. All right. Top five favorite castaways from Koyopa. Now, they can be... From Koyopa? Yes, they can be voted out or still in the game. So it doesn't have to... Uh, so I will uh, I'll kick this one off with number five. Number five, I'm going to go with John Rocker. He brought a lot to the season. Even if you don't necessarily like him or think he's a good person, you have to agree he brought entertainment and excitement to these first three episodes. Fair. Now my dilemma is, do I pick Jacqueline or Alec for number four? <laughs> Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Um... I would say that my number four favorite passed away from Coyopa is... Um, let's see. I'm going to say my number four favorite castaway from Coyopa is Wes. Wes, all right. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with my old guy, Dale. I was surprised you put him at number three. I expected you to bring him back up at number one. No, I have another number one. That's fair. It should be the same. So that means I get to pick number two, right? Yeah. For number two, I would pick Baylor. Alright. And number one, of course, is Josh, the guy who's completely controlling his tribe right now. I like Josh. I didn't expect to like Josh. I like Josh a lot. Well, yeah, from pre-interviews, we both thought that Reed was going to be more of the standout than Josh, but Which Reed has also been on a winning tribe and hasn't got a lot of it being shown, so who knows what he's going to do. Because I think it would be a really interesting dynamic to have Josh and Reed both be kind of the controllers of their alliances. They're the number one guy in, in the Hunapu and the Koyopa alliance, and then if they merge together... And then they have this big, like, do they work together or do they not because they're on the same alliance? And whose alliance do they go with? I think that would be a really interesting yeah. thing. I don't think Reed is in that position on the Hunapu tribe, but... Yeah. Well, let's move on then to our next list, the top five castaways from Hunapu. You kick us off at number five this time, Jeff. Okay, I need a, I need a thinker here. One second. We have on Hunapu. We have Drew, Keith, Jeremy, Missy, Reed, Julie, Natalie. Oh, 
Kelly, and John Mish. Okay. I would say that my favorite, my fifth favorite castaway from the Hunapu tribe I'll go with Natalie. Good call, good call. Yeah, I think Natalie's been entertaining. Um, I actually looked really surprised. What? Oh, so you looked really surprised when I said Natalie, so I wasn't called, but I'm happy you did. I looked for your validation. No, I like. Uh, I think Natalie's brought a lot to this season. I actually like it better when we only have one of them. Um, I completely agree. Um, so I uh, I appreciate Natalie and what she's bringing to the season. So number four, I know what the number one and two should be. So this is this is hard because they haven't shown a lot of people. So I could have lots of favorites on this tribe if they'd actually you know feature them. But I'm gonna go with Drew just because I like to laugh. <laughs> and he he has been a punching bag and it's sort of fun to watch. <laughs> okay, number three. I also know who the number one and two are. My number three, I'm struggling because I wouldn't have picked Drew. So I have two others that I'm kind of in between right now. Um, but I think I'm gonna go with John Mish. Number. Uh -huh. Who are you debating between? Uh, him and Missy. Okay. But I think I'm going to go with John Mish. He's shown complexity. He's shown emotion. He's shown willingness to accept responsibility for his mistakes. He's shown fun. He he's just uh he's the type of guy who could win this season. Be kind of that uh, UTR winner. Yeah, he's he's gotten a very interesting edit. I mean, his confessionals have shown him being very likable. His tribe doesn't seem to be you know like super thrilled with him, but. Uh, Oh, yeah, not a, not a bad call. All right, number two, I got to give to my barrel of laughs, Keith. What? No, wrong choice. I'm sorry. You have, you know, it's between those two. I obviously, <laughs> if we're if we're on the right page of who the other one is. But to me, I and Keith is a bucket of laughs, but if I'm going with someone who, to win the game, I got to go with the other guy. So I put Keith. You said favorite. I know, but I, I really like the other guy. I like him a lot. I'm going to pick, like, I don't know, who should I pick, just to make you mad. Julie? <laughs> well, I, I can't do this person an injustice. I think Keith should be number one. I'm just going to go public and say that. Uh, but... Barring Keith from being number one, the other obvious choice is Jeremy, controller of the tribe, the prettiest smell in the history of Survivor, just an all-around great guy, and enemy of John Rocker, which I'm personally a fan of. <laughs> yeah, I thought I think he's brought um, a lot of storyline and entertainment to this season so far, and I'm interested to see how it develops. I mean, Keith is good for a laugh, so when you show him, you know you're going to get something funny and interesting. I don't know. I, it's it's like two sides of a coin for me. I, they're probably, if, I, if I'm looking at both of our top five, 
Because they're probably one and two from both uh, tribes for me. What about you, Jeff? I didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. I said if I'm looking at both of our lists, the top five from both tribes, if I was making a list of all of them, I'd put Jeremy and Keith at the top two for both tribes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. We go to our last list before we uh, end with the game. Our five least favorite things about Survivor San Juan del Sur. So far. Okay, am I, I, you start, right? Yes, I start. Um, I think this was especially true for episode two and a, and a little bit for episode three, but I think they've had a little bit of choppy editing. Like, it hasn't been as smooth as I think as other seasons have been. Yeah, so I, I my number five is some choppy editing. Yeah, and I think part of that is probably a little bit due to the editor strike, taking away a week of time which is, I mean, a significant amount when you consider the kind of the size of the project that they're working on. Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely going to be some of that, but, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, number four. The worst things about Survivor someone else, sir. So far. Um... I'm going to say that Exile Island has been underwhelming. Yeah. I mean, it's had a few good moments. I, obviously, the Keith Josh thing was a funny moment. Um, you know, it was interesting. I think the only time where it actually truly influenced the game was the whole Jeremy John Rocker sort of watch each other's uh, loved ones thing. But for the most part, it more takes away from the rest of the storyline than adds to it. You know, right. So I'll agree with you. My they're in a situation. They're in a situation where there's. I, the reason for putting two people from different tribes on Exile Island is so that way you can create relationships. But you're in a situation where relationships are already they already exist. You don't need that dynamic. Yeah, know, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, number three for me is the uh, quantity of people getting invisible edits. It's mainly from the Hunapu tribe, but we even had some... Like, this is the first episode three where we really saw something of Alec. For, for the most part, we haven't seen him. And Jacqueline, even, we haven't really seen anything that much. I mean, the most we've heard her talk was that Jacqueline tribal... Oddly. What? I was going to say, Jacqueline Oddly, like is invisible at camp and then pops up at tribal council. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, and it, it goes back to the editing, but I, yeah, I would like to just get a, a few more character scenes or get to know a few more people, because even Missy we don't get a whole lot from. I mean, um, there's, there's some other people on Hunapu, and then even people on Koyopa, which you think we'd get to know everyone at this point. So I, I do not like how many invisible edits or next to Invisible that we're getting this season so far. Right. You got number two. Number two, I'm going to say, is kind of related to my number four, which is Exile Island. I'm going to say that the family versus family kind of reward challenges have been really underwhelming as well. 
I think that they they're not producing the type of drama that they should. They had that one moment where John Rocker was like, "Oh, I lost to a girl." Her-da-der-da-der. But other than that, you know, Keith and West were just like, "Oh yeah, we've competed in a challenge. He beat me this time. Darn, I'm going to Exile Island." Same with Jeremy and Val. There wasn't really any drama surrounding it, so it's not doing what it needs to. I say bring back the original version of Reward Challenge or Redemption Island, or even just have them all sit in that arena and talk to Jeff Probst for ten minutes. <laughs> like, that would be more interesting than these deals. Yeah, that was actually going to be my number one, Jeff. I mean, uh, yeah, so I'm trying to think of my number one, and it'll probably be slightly similar to that. But yeah, the family duels, you know, the actual challenges in the duels I've never been that fan of, but it worked with The Last Blood versus Water, and I don't think it's really working this time. There's not enough suspense or emotion involved in it. I mean, as I much as I complain that, oh, people were coming back in the game, you know, it made those challenges a lot more intense. These people were literally fighting for their lives in the show, whereas this one is, oh, I'm competing against my son to win fishing gear, you know? Right. I would also say I do like the fact that they are kind of switching up the duels. They're not just doing the same old duels that they've had before, which was a problem in Survivor uh, Blood versus Water 1. They've got new things, which I do like, and I will, I will say that that is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what to do with this, this number one, but I'm just going to... I'm going to pick a number two... We can make mine number one, if you want. Okay, can you think of a number two? <laughs> I'm, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> the only thing I can think of, I don't know, what's missing from, from the, the other Blood vs. Water for me is this true emotion. We get glimpses of it, but it was drenched in it in the first one, and it was truly compelling to see. And I, I think, yeah, this season's just been a, a little different. Without the Redemption Island, I think that takes away some of the, the emotion um, and, and just a few other things. But, I don't know, lack of emotion? Yeah, it seems like a lot of people are just kind of content with, uh, like, we came here to play a game type of thing. Like, if you get voted out, I'm not going to cry about it. You know, whatever. They, Jeff Ropes keeps trying to kind of fabricate those moments, especially yeah. with Natalie and with, uh, I'm assuming the same will happen with Julie and John Rocker, but they're not, they don't seem authentic. And I think I figured it out, is that everyone, since it's all new castaways, everyone's coming in at an even playing field, so everyone feels like yeah, they deserve. I deserve to, you know, to go on just as much as the last one. But when you had returning players, you have people who'd played the game before and people who hadn't. So now it's sort of like, you know, with your loved ones, like I want to, I want to get the experience, or I want them to have the experience. Um, and it, it we only saw once last season, but still, like it was Rupert. You know, the biggest guy in Survivor ever basically quit, so his wife could play. Yeah. I mean, but, but even through it all, you know, you have, 
I mean, the Tina and her daughter dynamic was interesting because, you know, you, you have Tina who wanted her daughter to do well, but at the same time, Tina's such a, a badass and competitive that she's not going to quit or do anything else and she's in it only for herself. I mean, you just had a lot of interesting dynamics of people. Um, I don't know. It, lots of emotion that I think isn't quite there this time. Yeah, I agree. So, not to say that I think this is a bad season. I think it's a good season. I mean, is it the greatest? Not yet. But I'm hoping that it continues to get more interesting and it gets more dynamic and, uh, and compelling as the season goes on. Yep, I agree. So we talked about a lot of different things. Is there anything from the first three episodes that we didn't mention that you, you want to talk about before we move on to our game? Um, I don't think so. All right, yeah. I think by doing these lists, we covered pretty much most of the things that happened in the first three episodes. Oh, one other thing. Um, if you remember our preseason picks, I picked, <laughs> I picked Val, and Jeff picked Reed. Now, Jeff has agreed to do this, is that we are going to add our picks' loved ones to the mix. So uh, Jeff will also be getting Josh as his co-pick, and I will also be getting Jeremy as my co-pick. Um, that way uh, I still have a chance, but Jeff has said if I do win with Jeremy, there needs to be a little asterisk by his name. But If I win with Josh, I'll agree to an asterisk. Okay. Yeah. Because I think I think if we had just if we had made our picks after the first episodes, I would have for sure picked Jeremy instead of Val. <laughs> I just want I just want everyone to know that it is because of David's incompetence and the fact that he lost that we are doing this. <laughs> okay. We have made that clear. Alright, so we are going to move on to a game with Jeff and I. It's called Survivor Match Game. Uh, there's two rounds. One round where I will be trying to guess what Jeff is saying, and another round where Jeff will be trying to guess what I uh, would say. But we have each round consists of five different like questions or statements with a blank, and uh, we'll each write down our answer. All you know, Depending on what round, one of us will answer what we are actual answers. The other one will be trying to predict... Uh, predict and guess what it is. So, Jeff, would you like to predict me first, or you want me to predict you first? I want you to predict me first. Okay. Here we go. So, round one. So, the first question is this. You have your pen and paper ready? That I do, David. That so I can, do. We can prove it. All right. So, the first one is... Is uh -oh. land what there we go. You're gonna have to repeat that, David. I cut out for a second. My favorite survivor contestant from Thailand was Ooh. Okay. Alright. I am predicting, I don't know if you can see that very well, but it says Brian. Ooh. I, in fact, chose 
Oh, it's backwards. No, I see it forwards. It's only backwards. You see it forwards? I see it backwards on my computer. Anyway. TVs. Interesting. Was that the, the, first, the first time you watched it? Was that was that your guy? Uh, no, I still love Rob with two Bs. Okay. I admit that Brian Heideck is the best player, but you said my favorite contestant. No, it's true. It's true. All right. This next one, uh, you are just going to be doing the first one that comes to mind, Survivor contestant, John Blank. I have to pick the first one that comes to mind, or I can pick any of them? First one that comes to mind. All right. I predicted Rocker. That is correct. All right. I get a point. All right. Next one. The craziest survivor to ever play is... The craziest survivor. The craziest. And are we talking like certifiably insane, or are we talking like? Blah, 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 blah. Whatever you think is your interpretation. I'm just trying to match you. Okay. I had Brandon Hance. See, you went, you went, blah, 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 blah. I went certifiably insane and chose Brian Heideck. Oh, Brian Heideck. All right. All right. Only two more left. All right. Next one. My favorite season of Survivor is blank. So I'm trying to predict what your favorite season of Survivor is. Damn, one bell served. How did you know? <laughs> Are you ready? Of course it's ready. I am. I have Pearl Island. Is that Pearl Island? Yes, it is. If you don't talk, you stay in the bottom corner of the screen, so I can't, I can't read it at oh. all. <laughs> <laughs> so then I'm trying to peer in. All right, so I got one point, so I'm 50-50 right now. Let's hope. This, this next one is just a long shot. <laughs> like The strangest place I ever watched Survivor was blank. The strangest place I ever watched Survivor. All right. Let me know when you're ready. Okay. I have in a moving vehicle. That's a pretty vague answer. 
<laughs> What's your answer? Also, I think before I say my answer, we should de determine the definition of vehicle. Uh, that would be a car or a truck or a boat or a train or an airplane. Okay, it's a thing used... Okay. The correct answer was the high-speed rail from Xi'an, China, to Beijing, China, uh, in which I watched the almost the entirety of Survivor, the Australian Outback, uh, with my friend Derek. Mm. How about a half? That is correct. I was not very specific. <laughs> okay, half a point works. I was correct. I almost said the airplane home from China, but then I realized the high-speed rail was a little bit weirder. Yeah, the train, yeah. So I got two and a half, which is exactly 50%. So we now split gears. Some of the questions are the same. Some of them are different. I hope they're just they're not, like, so much harder. You're going to be like, what is David's favorite Survivor player ever? Yeah, no. All right. So my first one. My favorite player from Survivor Guatemala was... Ooh. Are you changing it up? I am. All right. Who'd you go with? I went with Lydia, but crossed out and wrote Judd. Hmm. Uh, my favorite was Brandon Bellinger. That's the wrong answer. The correct answer is Judd. No. In this game, you had to match me, so you had the wrong answer. I think you're intentionally deceiving me, David. No, when I first watched it, he was my favorite. I was so bummed that they got him out to keep Bobby John, even though I liked Bobby John. But he made me uh, laugh a lot. I... I grew up in the South, so I like, uh, he had some Southern uh, to him, so that was my favorite. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll let you cheat this time. All right. Next one. Kelly Blank. Let's see if we can get this right, Jeff. What do you think? I don't see. I would have gone with the most recent, but I can't even remember her last name, which makes me think that she's not the person who you would think of. So I went with Kelly Wigglesworth. Wigglesworth. Good job. You got a point. That is your point. All right. The funniest survivor to ever play is. And again, Jeff, this isn't your opinion. It's mine. You have to match me. I think we... Uh... <laughs> now I have to think of it. Uh... All right. I'm still thinking. Okay.
Okay. What you have? I have that the correct answer is Dave Ball, but David's answer is Greg Buis. Hmm. I have... Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to change my to your answer. <laughs> Rob C. No. I had a Tyson. Dave Ball is still the correct answer, but Tyson's a good answer, too. As For me, personally, like someone who is intentionally funny, I laughed at Tyson the most, probably. Now, unintentionally funny would be a whole <laughs> different category. <laughs> probably coach. People, coach would be high up there, yeah. <laughs> but someone who is intentionally funny would have to be Tyson. But Ron C is a funny one. Dave Ball, too. My thing with Dave Ball is I wish I could have seen more funny from him. Right. You know? But uh, next one. My favorite season of Survivor is... Ready when you are. Is it Survivor Pearl Islands? Pearl Islands is correct. Yes. Winner, winner. Chicken. See, we may disagree on a lot of stuff, but at least we both agree on, like, the best season ever. <laughs> yes. All right. And last one. The strangest place I ever watched Survivor was... All right. What do you got? Okay. Going, I'm not sure if this is going to be your answer. I'm a little bit worried about it. Um, but I went with in church or in a church, since I know you work in a church. Hmm. Now, it's interesting you said that because it is the correct answer. But <laughs> it has nothing to do with me working there. It's actually, uh, it's, I have, in the upstairs of a random church in New Orleans, um, I was on, I was, went to New Orleans to help uh, people gut houses after Hurricane Katrina, and we were staying at this sort of camp-like place, and right, it was like in a grassy area, and the church was right next to it. So I somehow managed this random church to go in, and found a television and watched Survivor with a few other people while I was on this service trip to uh, <laughs> to New Orleans. So, and uh, I remember it distinctly. It was the episode before the finale of Survivor XL Island where they were about to do the fire-making challenge, and it was a to-be-continued. Interesting. So you get the point, though. That was good. Thank you. So the other one uh, I, w I could have said, but I thought that one was more random, was uh, in my college group communication class where I used a clip of Survivor as part of my presentation. 
Okay. Because it was. I think if I ever watched Survivor in high, like I knew I watched it in high school, but did I ever watch it at high school? I think I did at one point. Yeah, but in my college group communication class, yeah, we had to do some sort of project. So I chose the first episode of Survivor Palau, where they had to the immunity challenge, where they had to decide what they were going to take with them, and if they won, they get to keep it and how mm -hmm. one team had very good group communication, a.k.a. Karor, and the other tribe did not, a.k.a. Ulan. It's <laughs> a good example of that. Yeah. I could, you could also use the uh, Richard Hatch scene where he's trying to, I mean, the, on the very first episode where he's trying to get them to talk, and you could say, like, clearly their communication goals are different. Yeah. But it also helped that my professor also watched Survivor. So I knew, I was like, all right, I know she'll approve of this. <laughs> right. But you can use a clip of Survivor in almost any college uh, class, though. You can find oh, some, way, some way, psychology, sociology, communication. When you get to things like engineering, I guess you could do. Look at how they built this challenge. <laughs> the the All-Stars, no, the the All-Stars episode where they build uh, uh, shelters be a great for, would be great for lecture and engineering class. There you go. <laughs> Look, there's the cat running behind my... <laughs> 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 Alright, uh, but anyways, do you have anything else, uh, Jeff, before we sign off? Nothing that I can think of, David. All right. We are still hoping to get some future Survivor guests to talk with us, and hopefully we'll be doing this a little more regularly than uh, <laughs> than once every three episodes. So stay tuned. We're going to be coming back. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching and or listening. Be sure to check us out on Facebook to give us your feedback and comments at, Survivor, or at David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast or at our website, survivorpodcast.com blogspot.com and make sure you hit subscribe on iTunes so that the podcast shows up on your computer every single week and always remember that Jeff is the sole survivor those words have never been uttered by Jeff Probst <laughs> they will be one day okay one day I was just saying every Jeff who has been on Survivor has not done that great. Jeff Varner is a god among men. I greatly friend. enjoyed Jeff Varner, but he didn't make the merge. He did make the merge. I mean, he didn't make the jury. Racist. Sorry, jury. I meant racist. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.